Welcome to my canning cellar, where I don't necessarily want to tell you how to can, but rather just let you know how I can. I do lots of research on trusted sites, like the National Center for Home Food Preservation, and I'll link to that in the show description. And I also look on many Facebook groups, and then I use my experience and my best judgment to figure out what makes me feel the most confident in the integrity of my canning. I've said this before, but my podcast studio is also known as the dining room, and I try to edit out as much as possible all the outside noises, including our dogs. Maybe there's a horse that will whinny, and there's usually a lot of trucks going up and down the side road. I don't have any sponsors, and I link to items that I use personally, and I don't get any kickback. I only do this podcast because it's fun. So my friend Corey sent me a recipe for sweet tea jelly, and I decided to make it using chai tea. Because I didn't have the required liquid pectin, only powdered pectin, I thought I could substitute the powder. However, because the first pectin I saw in my cupboard was an already opened jar of low and no sugar pectin, I went ahead and used that. Don't be me. Do not mess with the science. I had to process that batch two times to get it to gel, adding more pectin the second time. It gelled a little bit, but not much, and I've decided it's going to be called a syrup. And I did have some on toast, and it does have a great chai flavor. Now, I have no personal preference as to liquid or powdered. It's just that I have never happened to buy or use the liquid pectin. Now, you may wonder, what is pectin? Pectin's a carbohydrate, and it's stored in the cell walls of different kinds of plants, and it comes from the pulp and skins of fruits and vegetables. So, in my chai tea, there are no fruit or vegetable products, so we have to add the pectin to make it gel up. So, after running to my sister's house to borrow some more sugar, I made another batch of sweet chai tea jelly, only this time I used a recipe that did call for powdered pectin, and I'll put that link in the show description. And this is how I did it, a slight substitution on the flavor of tea. My equipment was a Dutch oven pot, which was an awesome thrift store find of a vintage Wagner Ware pot, and then a smaller pot for boiling water, a two-cup measure cup, a tablespoon, a wooden spoon, a canning funnel, a lint-free cloth, a jar lifter, and a dish towel. My tip, especially for new canners, is search your thrift stores first for equipment, especially in the fall when folks may be retiring from home canning. It can be very costly setting up a new canning center. I broke down my costs in Season 1, Episode 8. The ingredients were pretty simple. Four chai tea tea bags, two cups of boiling hot water, two tablespoons of bottled lemon juice, one box of regular powdered pectin, and that's compared to there is a kind of pectin that is for low or no sugar. I use the regular. And then four cups of white sugar. I added the pectin to the steep tea after removing the tea bags, and I added the lemon juice as well and put that all in a Dutch oven pot. I brought that all to a boil, and then I added the sugar. Then I stirred and let that come to a rolling boil and let it go for one minute. And I kept stirring it to keep it from burning. The lemon juice is not added for flavor. It's added for the acid value of it so that it can be water bath instead of pressure canned. 
I have done some research on whether or not I can pressure can jellies or jams. And the answer has been yes, but mostly no. With the no being because of the pressure can resulting in overcooking the jelly or the jam. And also it just takes longer to do because you have to let it come up to pressure and you have to let it cool down from the pressure. So this chai tea jelly at a rolling boil was an amazing sight of light brown clouds. And it didn't want to settle down so that I could see if any foam needed to be skimmed off. So I didn't even bother trying. The foam is edible, and I would have kept it in a dish for eating. But like many folks, I always remove it, because that makes more room for the actual jelly product, especially if the jar is going to be entered at a competition, where I wouldn't want the foam to ruin the look of a nice jelly. My jars were already warm from the warming cycle in the canner. So I used my canning funnel and a half cup measure cup to fill the jars. I wiped each rim with a hot water soaked lint-free cloth. I put on the lids and I finger tightened the rings. These were processed for 10 minutes on the water bath cycle. And again, I was using the Presto Precise Digital Canner. I used four ounce jelly jars and I used eight ounce jelly jars. It's perfectly okay to process in one batch two different sized jars, but you always have to go by what is called for for the biggest jar. And because these were processed for at least 10 minutes, there is no need to pre-sterilize the jars. This is information found on many trusted sites, including the National Center for Home Food Preservation. After they were done processing, which was 10 minutes, I let them set in the water after I took the cover off. I let them set for about five minutes And that's just to let the pressure come down a little bit. And then I use a jar lifter to remove them from the canner and place the jars on a dish towel. Hot jelly goes into hot jars into hot water and then onto a dish towel to avoid shocking the jars on a not-so-hot surface. I ended up with two 8-ounce jars and four 4-ounce jars with enough left over for a couple pieces of toast. It came out really nice, and I'm going to look for a low-sugar version for the next time I make it. Again, I thank you for visiting my canning cellar. Talk soon. Stay safe.